just give me your attention just for a few minutes. One of the things we want to do, like I said, is that Elmira Baptist considers above all, is this one on or is, just the, is it just this one? Uh, just this one? Right now it's the little one. Okay. Um, but one of the things that is so important to us is we want, uh, it it's, would be a horrible thing for you to leave here really truly not knowing, um, not yes. knowing where you, if you have eternal life. Listen, some of you may be here and you might be saying, you might be saying this, you know, like you, you might be feeling that, well, you say, well, Matt, you know, you can say whatever you want. I know I'm at a church gathering. You might say, well, I don't know. I don't really even believe in God. I don't really believe in, uh, in there being a heaven or in there being a hell or in there being a resurrection. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in all that. You know, friend, you can, you can go ahead and not believe in all that, but I'll tell you one thing I know you believe in. You believe that one day you are going to die. Yeah. And what then? Listen, I'm not trying to be a doom guy, but we need to be sobered yes. by this reality. And what I want to do is just take a few minutes and present this to you. Now, it's amazing. Sometimes I've, I, I've preached in churches all over the place. I've preached in youth rallies. And I'm amazed. I watch sometimes teenagers are, uh, they're very clever trying to duck out of something like this. They find an excuse to get out of here. But um, to get out of a room like this that they can, uh, you know, um, uh, so they can avoid what God wants to say. Listen, God has a message of hope for you that he says you can know. That you're on your way to heaven. You know, one thing, um, I don't know if anyone's ever, maybe there's ever been a time in your life that someone's ever given you uh, wrong directions. You ever been there when someone's giving you wrong directions? I remember hearing a story from a, um, he was a missionary. He was a guy who was actually, this is what he said. He was a missionary to Romania. And he said that one of the things um, that Romanians, this is what he described. He said Romanians um, hate ever um, looking like, if they don't know the answer to a question, um, they hate that. And they almost feel like it's a sign of weakness. And so, so he said in Romania, if they don't know the answer to a question, they'll answer it anyway, yeah. even if they don't even know what, it, what the answer is. And so he said, I found out the hard way because I asked someone for directions to somewhere. Mm -hmm. I said, do you know where such and such is? Do you know how to give me directions there? And he said, oh yeah, you just go down to this road, you turn around and this road, turn, 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 you go down there and then you're there. And so, and so he said, I went down and I went down to this road, to that road, and then I turned, 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 turned. And when I finished turning, I was nowhere. You know, because this, this Romanian had given him wrong directions. You realize something is that out in our world today, many people give wrong directions to heaven. You know, a lot of people do that, and I don't know why, but you know something is, you, you might look up at me and say, well, Matt, how do you know that you have the right answer? I'll tell you why. Not because I'm arrogant, not because uh, I, I think I know better than you, but because I read what God left in his Bible. Amen. What you're about to hear for just a couple minutes is not going to be the Baptist denominational creed. You're not going to hear about some kind of a, some kind of a system of beliefs that, that uh, the Baptist would say. What you're going to hear is what the Bible says. And the, because the Bible is God's word, and this is when you stand before God, God is going to judge based on what he has put in his Bible. You know, the Bible has very simple instructions about how you can know for sure that you have eternal life. You know, uh, I'm going to read just one simple verse here. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. You know what every single person uh, really needs to recognize? Three important directions to know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. Number one, you need to realize that every one of us has a problem. Every one of us has a problem, and that problem is called sin. Everyone, do you know that the Bible says that every single one of us is a sinner? Now, you might say, what even is sin? How do you define sin? Well, the Bible defines sin. 1 John 3, 4 says that sin is the transgression of the law. In other words, sin is any time we break 
God's law. That is what the Bible describes sin is. And the Bible is what shows us what is right and what is wrong. You know, in our world today, um, people want to just say, well, you know, you know, everyone can decide for themselves what's right and wrong. Everybody gets to decide. You know, you can say that all you want, but when you stand before God one day, God is not going to judge based on, well, where were you from? What do you think was truth? Because he has declared that his Bible is the truth. And so the law, the Bible shows us what is right and what is wrong. And therefore, what is right and what is wrong and what is wrong in God's eyes, God describes that as sin. So let's ask the question then, who in this room has sinned? Because you might think, well, you might say, well, you know, I may be, maybe I haven't been perfect, but I wouldn't describe myself as a sinner. Okay, well, listen, I understand you might not, but God does. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 verse 9 says, what then? Are we better than they? And, you know, we like to compare ourselves and say, well, I may not be perfect, but at least I'm not as bad as this person over here. You know, I'm glad you're not as bad as this person over here, but the Bible still says we're sinners. It says, no, in no wise, because we have proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it's written, there's none righteous. No, not one. Ecclesiastes 7 says, that you, you might be one that says, well, I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a good person. Well, you might feel that, but Ecclesiastes 7 says that there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Every single one of us, though we may have some good deeds we've done in our lives, the Bible says that who we are at our core is that we are sinners. You know, maybe, you know, one of the best ways to look at it uh, is, um, do you know, do you know the Ten Commandments? You ever heard of the Ten Commandments? How I many of you have ever heard of the Ten Commandments before? Okay, good, good, good. You know what's amazing is that, uh, you know, some people will say, oh yes, I know the Ten Commandments. And you might even say, oh yeah, and I've kept the Ten Commandments. You know what's scary then is that, is I'll say, oh you have. Well, um, what are the Ten Commandments? And sometimes the people who say, I know them and I keep them can't even name three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the and you know the Ten Commandments is one of the simplest ways to show we're all sinners because none of us has kept the Ten Commandments. You said yes, I have. Oh, yeah. What's the first commandment? It says, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." Has there ever been a point in your life where there was anything that was more important than God? Sports, hobbies, recreation. If there's ever been then you've broken the first commandment. Commandment number three says, uh, says uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. In other words, you're not supposed to use God's name in an empty, vain, useless way. You ever said, oh, my, and then said God? You ever gotten upset at something and, and taken Jesus Christ's name and used it in vain? God says you broke the third commandment, just like that. How about the fifth commandment where it says, thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother? You ever disrespected your parents? Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. Guess what? We've broken the fifth commandment. Uh, you know, there's uh, the, the seventh commandment says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. You say, Well, I've been faithful to my, to my wife, to my husband. Glad you've been. You know, Jesus even said that whoever, though, looks at someone else to lust after them has committed adultery in his heart already. Yes. You know that if you just lust in your mind, God says you've already broken the seventh commandment. Eighth commandment says, Thou shalt not steal. You ever taken something that wasn't yours? You broke the eighth commandment. Commandment number nine says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. You know, that is, that's fancy language for don't lie. You ever told a lie? Yeah, you and me both. So you've broken the ninth commandment. None of us has kept the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go over all ten. And, and even though we haven't got to all ten, none of us has kept all of God's commands. In fact, 
some Bible scholars say there's as many as, um, uh, I think it's 600 and something commands from God in the scriptures. Listen, you and I, we can't even name them all. And you think you've kept them all? We have all sinned before a holy, righteous God. We've all, can we say this, missed the standard of perfection. Because folks, you want to come to heaven? Listen, the standard to come into heaven is perfection. You know who's the only one who's ever been perfect? That's God alone. You know why? We can't just waltz into heaven saying, here I am, it's me, aren't you glad I'm here? It's because we are sinners, and every one of us uh, has sinned. And you might say, well, well, but I've done some good things in my life, and, and I've lived out some good things and done some good deeds, and shouldn't that count for something? Folks, that's like... It's almost like, um, I don't know if you've ever been uh, to the Grand Canyon. Who's ever been to the Grand Canyon? A lot of you have. Yeah, me too. A few years ago. You know, um, that Grand Canyon, that thing is an awfully big hole. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you've never been there, that is a big hole. Could you imagine if you, let's say you, and uh, maybe some, uh, uh, let's say you come up to the edge of this Grand Canyon. We're, when you get there, it's a very special day because right next to you is none other than Michael Jordan, one of the greatest, uh, I would say, the greatest basketball player to ever play. That guy, he could jump from the foul line. He jumped, Jumping from the foul line could dunk the basketball. I mean, the guy was nuts. He could jump far, a lot farther than you and me. And let's say that you and Michael Jordan show up at the Grand Canyon and you say, hey, Michael, let's jump across the Grand Canyon, you and me. Let's see who can jump the farthest. Okay. So, so he's, I know, he's having a bad day too. So he says, okay. And so the two of you are going to jump across the Grand Canyon. Well, listen, Michael Jordan is going to go farther than you. Right. Right? Yes, he is. Right. But guess what? Both of you are going to have a bad day. Yes. <laughs> Both of you are going to have a horrible day. And you know what that's like? That's like when you, that, that kind of illustration is the idea that when you want to say to God, God, I've done a lot of good things. God, I haven't done as many bad things as her over there. God, I've done a lot more good deeds. I've attended church a lot. I've read my Bible a lot. I do a lot of good things. I get, uh, I, uh, I've done communion. I do my sacraments. I've done so many good things. And God says, um, okay, but you know what has happened? You've still fallen short of the mark. That's why Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen, we got a problem. All of us are sinners. And you know what the, the, that compounds on top of that is that not only do we all have a problem called sin, but sin has a penalty. Folks, Romans 6.23, the verse I read to you at the beginning says, for the wages, literally the payment, you, ever, you, know, you work a job, you get wages, you get a payment, you get a check, you get a direct deposit. The Bible says that your payment for being a sinner, you know what it says it is? Death. The wages, the payment for sin is death. Listen, you might think that your sin is funny. You might think that your sin is excusable. Can I tell you something, folks? Before God, your sin is not funny, and your sin is not excusable, and God must punish sin, he says, with death. We deserve death. And the word, the word death is a word that has the idea of separation. It's the idea of being separated from God. And the Bible declares that those who do not have their sins forgiven, those who do not have their sins covered, must face death. And not just the physical death, but eternal death separated from God, listen, in a real place that God calls hell. Listen, if you believe in God, you believe that there's a God out there, you're going to have to believe that there is a hell as well, because Jesus said that there is. You know, just 54 times, 54 times in the Bible, the word hell is mentioned. You know, Psalm 917 says that, that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Uh, Matthew 1028 says, Jesus said, fear not him that's able to kill the body. 
Fear him also. That could destroy your body and soul in hell. For folks, hell is a horrible place. It is a place of torment. It is a place of uh, it is a place of no mercy. It's a place where there's no more mercy. It's a place of remembrance. Do you know that Luke 16 describes uh, a man who died and went to hell? And you know what it describes in there? It says that he could remember his entire lifetime. You know what is downright scary? Is if you live your lifetime and you push away Jesus Christ, you say, you know what? I, I, I'll live for myself. I'm not worried about religion. I'm not worried about God. I feel like me and God are good. You just want to push him away and not deal with your sin. You know what is sad is that you'll spend eternity able to remember your lifetime. And remembering that you could have. You know one of the most awful things, isn't it? When there's like some kind of a tragedy is realizing I could have. And then the tragedy would have been different. I could have just stayed home. And there would have been no car wreck. I could have just maybe um, stood on this side instead of that side. And there would have been no tragedy. I could have gone here instead of there. And there would have been no tragedy. You know what's sad is that the Bible indicates is that if you die without Jesus saving you from your sins. And you spend eternity separated from God in a real place called hell. You will have to remember your entire lifetime. I think that would be worse than anything else to know that you could have. But you didn't because you said, you know what, I don't really have time for God. You say, Matt, why in the world are you bringing this up? This is a very depressing subject that you're bringing up. Because it's what reality is. Listen, uh, it would be unkind for someone to stand up and say, listen, if you're going to, uh, uh, did, you know, for someone to say, did you know that if you uh, you dance on a, ra on a railing that's up above, you know, the Grand Canyon, if you fall off, you're going to die and it's going to be a gruesome death. You know, it would probably be a good thing to warn people who want to dance on a railing over top of a Grand Canyon to warn them that the falling off will be a gruesome, awful, horrible, painful death. You know what? That's what Jesus wants to warn you of. Do you know that Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven? You know why? Because he loved you so much, he wanted to warn you that death, that there really is a punishment for your sin. It's not, sin is not just some excusable thing. It's not a laughable thing. It's a, it's a real thing. But thank goodness, you know what is great? Is that even though every one of us has a problem called sin, and that sin has a penalty uh, that's called hell, you know what's great? This is the last thing I want to share with you, is that sin has a payment. That your, did you know that your sin has been paid for? Yep. Your sin has been paid for. I'm going to look back at that verse I gave you at the beginning. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, that eternal life. That is what God wants to give you. That is what uh, probably most every person in this room would say, I want that. I want to spend eternity in heaven. I want to spend eternity with God. Well, God says, listen, eternal life, he says about it, he says that it is a gift. He says that it is a gift uh, that, uh, that must be, really, we say this, it's a gift that must be received. Yeah, do you um you know just a few weeks away is Christmas? I tell you what, I love Christmas. Christmas is my thing. I love Christmas. Um, I love presents. Now, how many of you you are unashamed like me to say I love presents? Like unashamed, I love presents. Okay. Now, me, I, I love presents. My wife will tell you that um that I love it. That she buys my presents. You know, somewhere around you know uh, the end of November, she wraps them and puts them under the tree by the beginning of December. And you know why I like to have them there? Because I just like to stare at my presents for several weeks. I still like to do it. Remember when you were like little and you like to do that? Maybe now you're like, oh, I don't really care about the presents anymore. That's not true. I don't believe all, all that say that. But I love just being able to see presents. I love gifts. And you know, probably a lot, and a lot of you do too. Do you know that eternal life is a gift? Which means this, 
you, you know, a gift is something you can't earn. You ever, um, <laughs> you ever bought a gift from your kid and thought, you don't deserve this? <laughs> yeah, like a lot, you know? Or, um, or maybe, you know, one thing also you never do, you know, when someone gives you a gift, especially at Christmas, you don't say, Wow, what an amazing gift. Let me get my wallet out. My goodness, what did this cost you? You don't do that at Christmas time. Why? Because a gift is something you can't pay for. A gift is something you don't deserve and you can't earn. Can I tell you something? Eternal life is something none of us deserve because we're all sinners. Right. Eternal life is a gift from God. It's something that God wants to give you. It's not something you can earn. A lot of people think, well, I could, I could probably earn going to heaven if I just... Uh, you know, if I just do a bunch of good works, if I attend church enough, and if I am, if I get myself baptized and all, and some people think that that's how they can earn eternal life, that is not how eternal life is earned. The Bible says it is a gift. It's something that God is offering to you. You know what's great about God is that God is no respecter of persons. The Bible says God does. God knows about your past, and He knows about all that you've done in the past. And you know what He still says? I want to give you eternal life. Yes. I even know about all your past. I still want you to have eternal life. You know something, friend? you got to decide, though, are you going to accept that gift or are you going to reject it? Everyone's got to choose to accept it or reject it. You know, have you ever seen, maybe this is more my generation, uh, you know, my generation people, you ever seen those videos where um, someone goes to propose or to ask someone to prom and the girl like slaps him or runs away and rejects him. You ever seen that? How many of you have ever seen a video like that before? You know, it's really kind of sad, but my generation, we get this weird sense of humor out of watching that kind of stuff. And um, uh, like, you didn't know ahead of time what she was, yeah. Anyway, um, so you, in the same way, you you know, she, here she is, this gift is presented to her and she chose to reject it or chooses to accept it. The same way, folks, you've got to decide if you are going to accept or reject Jesus's, listen, Jesus's payment for your sins, which he did on the cross. Listen, remember, your sin, the punishment for your sin is death. Remember, death, eternal death in hell. That's why when Jesus came to this earth, he died. Yes. Because his because someone had to die for your sins. And guess what, folks? It's either you or God. And God knew that God loved you so much, he said, I do not want you paying that awful price for that your sins deserve. And so God loved you so much, he came to this earth and died on the cross in your place. So that you would not have to spend eternity in hell, but that you could, you could, that, that his, his death on the cross could be the sufficient payment for your sins. So friends, your decision is, you can decide, am I going to reject, accept, or am I going to reject this great offer of salvation from God Almighty? And you know, you'll decide even today. Some of you are going to decide right now, in just a moment, you're going to decide, no, I'm not going to talk to anyone. Or I'm going to decide, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. You know what you just chose? You chose to reject it. Now, God is gracious and merciful, and I think he'll give many of you another chance. But you know what God has done is he has been so kind. He's put you in such a prime place where you are surrounded by people who would help you ask Jesus to be your Savior. But you've got to decide, are you going to put your dependence on Christ to save you from your sins, or aren't you? Let me close with this, um, this kind of analogy. Um, how many, let me ask you this. How many of you in this room can swim? Maybe you can swim. One of the swimmers up there. All right. Well, mo a lot of you can. Yeah, I'm more like that. Yeah, that's that's me. You know, I can do a little bit and then uh, someone throw me a floating, you know? Yeah. Um, but so so I want you all to pretend. Some of you don't have to pretend, but let's all pretend you can't swim. 
Okay, let's say let's say you get dumped into a spot in a pool. Uh, maybe you fall off a boat or something like that, and so you're in water that's over your head. Okay, so what's going to start happening? Well, you're going to drown. You're you are going to start the process of dying and of drowning. But let's say that a lifeguard, lifeguard sees you, jumps into the water, comes swimming up to you. Now, one of the things I've been told is that depending on uh, because a lot of times when people are drowning, they start to panic. Right? They start to panic and thrash around. And there actually are stories of a person panicking so badly that when a lifeguard would come in and try to pull them up out of the water, that the person would panic so bad, they would, they would lock down the lifeguard and the both of them would drown because they had such a death grip on the lifeguard. So sometimes lifeguards will actually come just within arm's length of a person. And I've heard this, is that they'll say, stop struggling and I'll save you. Now, you've got to make a choice. Are you going to believe the lifeguard? And can I put it this way? Are you going to put your dependence on the lifeguard to save you from drowning? Now, you could just sit there and say, man, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job myself. So just, just back off. I feel like I'm going to do my, I can do it myself. Well, that'd be dumb. <laughs> and that would get you killed. Or you might, or you might say, no, I don't, I don't think that you're a real lifeguard. I don't care if you got a, that plus sign on your, on your shoulder. I don't care about that. I don't think you're a real lifeguard. Well, okay, you're going to drown. But you know what you can make the decision to do is to put your dependence on that lifeguard. You know what it looks like? It looks like you stopping struggling. You know what happens when you stop struggling? Immediately, you begin to go down. And as soon as you stop struggling, you go down and the lifeguard, it takes them a moment of time to close that distance and come in and get underneath you, lift you up out of the water, and he swims you all the way back to shore. Now, um, in that you know, kind of little made-up story, um, the lifeguard saved your life. I mean, who really did all the saving? You know, it was the lifeguard. Do you know that Jesus has been called, the Bible calls him over and over, our Savior? Yes. He is the, he is the eternal lifeguard who is ready now, you and me, dying in our sins. He is the one who is more than willing to save you from your sins. But you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing. And I'll tell you what, the Bible says that, that Jesus is willing, that he that cometh to me, Jesus says, I will in no wise cast out. God knows your past. And he says anyway, I love you anyway. And he says, I want you to know eternal life. So has there been a time in your life where you came in a prayer and said, Lord, I see it now. I see myself for the sinner that you say I am. I see that my sin deserves to be punished. Please save me from my sins. Hey, listen, today's a great day for that if you never have done that before. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here's what I'm going to present to you is that I'm, you know, I'm going to step down here in a moment. And all I can say is, listen, there are going to be people even just around here in this room. I will be one. You've seen pastor. Pastor's another one. If you, if you cannot wait and you say, Matt, i got to get this thing settled. I don't know if my sins are forgiven. I don't know if I'm on the way to heaven. Listen, would you come on up to one of us? You saw ushers go down the ways. You saw maybe some workers, some church workers. If there was one of them you recognized, you can go up to one of us and you can ask us and say, Matt or whoever, help me. Mm -hmm. I've got to get this settled today. Listen, no one's going to force you. You know, God doesn't even force you. Yeah. He leaves the decision up to you. Friend, you can play. Uh, I tell this to teenagers all the time. You can play with eternity if you want to. It'll be your loss. It'll be your loss. Listen, God's arms are open wide and he is 
desperately wanting to save you from your sins. He's offered you the gift of eternal life freely. Will you accept it today? Let me just pray for you, and then uh, and then we'll I'll turn it back over to Pastor. Lord, thank you so much for each person that's come. Lord, I pray that you would just sober us with this reality and help us. Lord, I pray for those who are in this room, those who do not know Jesus as their Savior. Lord, I pray that you would just put pressure upon their hearts, that you put guilt and conviction there, that they would just see uh, the gravity of their sin, that they would see the depth of the love of Jesus, and that you would just keep it on their hearts, uh, keep it on their minds even tonight as they go to bed and in the coming days. Just help them to not forget they need to ask you to be their Savior. Help them to remember that the church here loved them enough to tell them that God wants to save them from their sins. I pray that you would just um, uh, just continue to keep these things at the front of our minds. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.